You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Putting his shoulder down is Neal. Johnson and the reverse dunk off the pass from Larson for Arizona. Here comes Love. Strong drive and throwing it down. Let's get back to you. Better you bet. Presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. PJ Glasser alongside Ken Barkley. I'm filling in for Nick Costos today on this Friday. We are on Stadium with you guys. You can go over to WatchStadium.com. Check us out over there. We're going to continue going through Lockatology. Our guy Noops is going to join us at 5 o'clock Eastern time, so we'll take a little break from college hoops and talk about the NBA with Noops. A uh, reminder, though, along with Stadium, you can watch us on Sirius Channel 160, Sirius XM, 205. Also, you can go to twitch.tv slash BetQL and YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports. Ken, in this region, the intersection of sports and pop culture, Arizona is the one seed. And you said it as we were heading to break. Um, just kind of the other seeds, like the collection of two, three, four, seven, eight seeds uh, in this year's tournament. It's like, again, you don't want to bet the ones because only one time ever have all four one seeds made it to the final four, but it really does feel like there are there's separation this year from the top seeds and kind of everyone else. And you look at this region that we have where Arizona's the one, Northwestern and Texas would be the eight nine game, Dayton McNeese State, the five twelve, Illinois, Akron four thirteen, South Carolina, the six against Richmond the eleven, Baylor High Point three fourteen, Colorado State, Virginia the seven ten, and Kansas Colgate the two fifteen. I mean, it, it does feel like the path really sets up nicely for Arizona um, to to win this region. I mean, it's kind of hard to all these teams that feel like have major flaws, while certainly Arizona does, but obviously they have kind of the least amount of question marks around them. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I think, you know, what this speaks to. So I one thing I... Uh... I haven't talked about yet. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. So this is like a, a new set of criteria. I looked at this. I think PJ, even after we did our show, like 10, 10, 13 days ago, whatever that was, the last time we did this exercise and we had a uh, Colin Wilson from the Action Network came on our show and he, he said something really interesting about he was looking at like two and three man lineup combinations and, you know, like you know, teams that go far. He wasn't looking at like winners, but he was just looking at like teams that went deep in the tournament. Sometimes they tend to pop and that they have like these multiple three man combinations that are the best in the country. And his point was that he had kind of studied Florida Atlantic. And that was something that they had last year was they had a couple of these combinations that, you know, like per 100 possessions, however, he measured it, that like really stood out. 
and it, it kind of got me thinking that I never really do anything at the player level. Um, you know, it's, it's college basketball is a, a monster of a sport, right? There's like 355 teams, whatever it is in D1 right now. And, you know, a lot of getting a lot of the data in is really tough. It's like hard to measure player performance. Like in the NBA, we have <clears throat> all of these all-in-one metrics that are really good to uh, to like tell us that, you know, Jokic is the best player and SGA is the second best player and Giannis is the third. Like there's almost a uniformity to all of them. It makes you feel like confident when you're talking to your friends or whatever. And in college basketball, we don't really have that. Um, with like kind of one exception, like Evan Maya does a like a site that you can subscribe to that's like really, really good. And he, I won't like, reveal his proprietary stuff or whatever but he does individual player evaluation which i've like never looked at specifically for this exercise before and so what i did uh i'm kind of like always looking for new ways to to look at the tournament through like a different prism is i basically charted i think he has like 15 years on there or 10 years and i charted like the he does like a an offensive rating a defensive rating and a net rating for all the players on every team and i basically Mm -hmm. looked at like the top five players by all of his evaluations, both ends of the court and the net uh, on all the past champions. And basically saw like, were there any common threads in terms of like how talented your roster has to be to win a national championship, to have that kind of a team, like what, and not, this isn't even like recruiting or how you're thought of. It's like actually how you're evaluating, like how you perform on the court. And when you do that and you kind of like, all right, you know, the Anthony Davis, Kentucky year, they were really talented, this, this, and the, you know, you have all those players, the Duke team that won the national title with, uh, you know, what was that like Jaleel Okafor and Justice Winslow and Tyus Jones, like those guys, like you make a list of all the teams, UConn last year, and you're like, all right, like offense, defense, net, like best few players, like you write down all the numbers, and then you use that as a filter for this year's teams. Who looks like those teams? Who's got the players that are playing at that level? And you get the same thing that we're talking about. You get the ones and you it's not that you get the ones because you're always going to get the ones every year. You get the ones and you get no one else. <laughs> you get no one else, which I think just speaks to like what we're talking about, the top heavy nature of this year. Like you can, you know, like Auburn's close and Duke is close kind of close north Carolina's actually not there right now marquette's not there tennessee's not there kansas isn't there illinois is not there iowa state's not there creighton on defense forget about it of the way some of these player evaluations work so you kind of like even the top teams you put through these filters and you just go every way i work the problem i get the same list and that's not maybe in on St. Patrick's Day on Selection Sunday, I'll get a different list because we'll have different results and stuff can happen in conference play. We could have, you know, you're never rooting for injuries, but look, they're a part of the game. And in conference, you know, championship week, like this is when Jalen Clark got hurt for UCLA last year and like really disrupted their chances to win. They were a team that I really like to win the national championship and that loss hurt for them. And we see that kind of stuff all the time. Marcus Sasser for Houston entering the tournament last year. Maybe, maybe they win the national championship if he's at hundred percent going into all those games. So it's going to happen. Maybe that's what disrupts this. Maybe there are some surprising results on the horizon that we can't see coming. But like, even because I was like, oh, I've never done player level college basketball for this exercise. Who's going to win the tournament before? And I was like, maybe it'll give me something new and different and like something that'll be interesting to compare to all the other stuff. And you just get the same damn list. I mean, you just get you get UConn and you get Houston and you get Arizona. That's who you get. <laughs> and you get Purdue a little bit. You don't get anybody else. Um, and it's just like a byproduct of how the teams have played so far this year. So usually you you would think you'd get, oh, well, like, I didn't think about it before, but here's 
you know, Iowa State, like they're kind of looming as this, like it just, every way you work the problem, I get the same answer. And and to spin it back to Arizona and the region we were just talking about, like that means I'm going to like them against all these teams. We'll see how they get rated in the market for those games, but I'm going to like them against all those teams. You know, it's funny. I think last time when we spoke, Illinois was a team that kind of both intrigued us a little bit just because of their offense. And personally, I like the fact that their four best players were all seniors. I love their backcourt of Terrence Shannon Jr. and Marcus Domas. But, Ken, their defense has gotten so bad over the last couple of weeks. I think when we last spoke, their defense on Kempom was like in the 40s, maybe the 50s. Now it's all the way up to 95 um, and their offense is like really, really good, but that's a team that I have uh, certainly soured on a little bit. And as I mentioned last segment, you know, if they do end up going against Akron, that'd be awesome because uh, the head coach of Akron used to coach at Illinois, Jim Gross. So that uh, that could be a fun game. And it's one of those awesome tournament like contrast style games. Illinois, great offense, loves to push the tempo. Akron wants to slow it down and play a defensive minded game. So uh, that could be good. I'm, I'm kind of done with Illinois, though, to be honest with you. Right. Kansas, <laughs> okay. I, I have Kansas. I have never been on like at all. Um, and now that McCuller is banged up. And they're saying, like, he might not be back until the tournament, and he might not play in the tournament. Like, you just watch him the other night against BYU, and they just struggle to score. Um, they, they just don't have enough guys that can go, like, get him a bucket, and they don't have much depth. They don't shoot the three well. They struggled from the three throw uh, free throw line immensely in that game against BYU. Um, so I'm just – I'm not big on Kansas. I think they're the 2C that you're kind of hoping for in your region – the team that I'm kind of getting intrigued by is Baylor a little bit, especially if this is their draw. Like if South Carolina, Richmond's the 6'11", Colorado State, Virginia's the 7'10", Kansas is the 2, I certainly could see a Baylor-Arizona Elite Eight. And then, you know, one game, winner take all, and that kind of setup, I, I certainly think Baylor could win that game. They got pros, Jacoby Walter, Jalen Bridges, Ray J. Dennis is a really good guard. Scott Drew's obviously won a national championship. So Baylor's a team, their defense is starting to get a lot better. They's, they've always had the offense, but their defense is starting to get a little bit better. Um, and just this draw that that they get in the bottom half of this region, um, I, I like a lot. It's kind of funny that they do play Kansas tomorrow, so we'll see how that game goes. But I, I, we talked about it. Like, Washington State and South Carolina, to me, are just identical. Like, it's the same. Those are the same six seeds. So I'm looking forward to fading South Carolina. Um, I mean, Virginia is, like, you know, maybe at most – they'd win one game. Colorado State could be a little bit intriguing just because they have one of the best guards in the country in Isaiah Stevens. I've always liked their coach, Nico Medvedev, um, which which is interesting. But I, uh, I think that sets up really well for Baylor. And sure. I could potentially see myself putting Baylor in the Final Four, possibly, if this is their region. Yeah, there's a couple things I'd uh, I'd point out, and then I think there's I think I'm I'm good. We spent a lot of time on that first region. This region, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I like Arizona a lot. Here's a couple other things that are interesting, which is fine. Like we're not going to do an hour on every region, um, and Yukon's region is way more interesting. Also, Yukon's in it, and they're the best team, so they're more interesting for that reason too. Uh, a couple things I would I would point out to people, and uh, Mike, throw the bracket back on the screen just for a second. Uh, 
the six eleven here you you gravitated toward, and not like I went to Richmond, but that has nothing to do with this. Like South Carolina, Richmond, we did the six eleven in the previous region, which Mike, I do not need you to put on the screen, so don't scramble. Uh, which is the winner of the play in with like Gonzaga and Providence against uh, who was the six in that? It was like uh, I, gotta, I have Washington to look it up State. now. Washington State, thanks because you just made that comparison, and the something that comes through every single tournament and i think like people who know about the tournament know this but just to really point this out and we have two of them already <clears throat> the 11s are just a remarkably consistent record of outperforming expectation in the ncaa tournament like the best records ats straight up versus just what like ratings who outperforms ratings the most 11s and 12s every single time and it's not even close and 11s more than 12s like a, a you know you're it's yeah, there's like a reliability and a stability and a consistency to just 11s playing really well. And I think what it's more about, and this is something that you talked about already, it's not even about who the, because people are like, well, what's special about the 11? I think it's what sucks about the six seeds. That's always what it is to me. And with the fives, it's the same thing. Like it's, I actually don't think it's that the 12s are this really special team. I think it's that the fives are just this lukewarm pretty good in their conference ranked 24th in the country meh kind of a team and the sixes are the same i mean they're the same group of teams one could be a five one could be a six and the 11s you're actually playing a better quality competition so if you're like well why do the 11s and 12s do so well you could say it's because like small schools that have been all in for a month to get to the tournament and they're well coached that's probably part of it but we've seen 12s win that honestly i didn't even think were that good and, but I thought the five was terrible, and I thought the five was going to lose to a lot of teams. You know, was a good way to think about it. This wasn't a 5-12, but, like, was Furman really awesome last year? Or is it just that you always want to bet against Tony Bennett in the NCAA tournament? And Furman just happened to be the team that was sitting there that got the crazy turnover and made the three and ended up beating Virginia. You know, like, you could and you could play this out with any number of teams, like a bunch of 5-12s and 6-11s historically. You know, like, I, I still remember the night that Virginia lost to UMBC, which is, like, the 116 that everybody remembers, obviously, the first one. The night that that game happened... Uh, in Vegas and there's, you know, the games are up. I think I was, I went for a walk cause I, I was sweating hard. The game that was on at the same time as Virginia UMBC, which was a six 11 between TCU and Syracuse. And this was like a, another classic thing. Like I didn't like Syracuse. They were three and a half point dog in the game. I didn't like Syracuse, but I hated Jamie Dixon and TCU in the NCAA tournament. And I, whoever they drew, I was on the opposite side because I thought they were a terrible team that was going to get a ton of market respect, which they did. They closed a big favorite in that game, more than a possession. They lost outright. And uh, so I, I think, you know, like even looking at you brought up South Carolina, the 611, we'll do people 512 upsets. We've done those already on this show. Why do they happen? Sure. Like the 11 and the 12 can be a good team and you can like them and all this stuff. I would just almost encourage you more than that to look at the opposite side and be like, who who's the team where I don't even care who the 12 is. Like, I want to be against that team because they're so mediocre. Yep. We did that with Alabama earlier. You know, I agree with you. And I'm doing that with Kansas as the two seed. You know, whoever wins that 7-10 game of Kansas is a two, whoever, you know, they're a three seed, whoever wins that 6-11, I... I kind of want to fade them. It's a good point, though. And, uh, yeah, South Carolina is a team I would fade. Dayton, I got to say, I do feel bad for, and I think it would be really interesting to see them with Malachi Smith, who's one of their better players. He's their point guard. He's out for the season because they do have one of the best players. Their big man, Deron Holmes, is an absolute monster. Great three-point shooter in Kobe Brea. 
Um, but Anthony Grant is another one of those coaches that it's like in a matchup like this, you know, Will Wade against Anthony Grant, like that's a big coach coaching mismatch for me. And uh, McNeese would certainly be interesting in that game. But yeah, I, I mean, Ken, honestly, if we're looking at this region, I think it sounds you like you're Arizona? Going Arizona. Yeah, I think Baylor would be my pick. Sure. If I didn't, yeah. how about this? If I didn't pick Arizona, because I didn't really answer your Baylor question, but like, I, I think they're they're in kind of a second or a third tier right now, but I agree with you that they're very interesting. If I didn't pick Arizona, I would pick Baylor. And after that, I don't even know who I would pick. So there's, I'll, I will give credit to Baylor in that way as like the second, the second team that could maybe win the region if Arizona stumbles, if Tommy Lloyd's actually a terrible tournament coach. Completely agree. Our next region D-Gen corner is a good one. Purdue, Kentucky, Creighton, Iowa State, North Carolina. Break that down next. You Better You Bet presented by BetMGM. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. 